I've ever spoken in front of before. It's kindergartners and first graders and then a bunch of teachers. So I'm not really that organized, <laughs> but I am here to share with you my passion that I have been following since I retired from the Los Alamos schools a year ago. And as a teacher, I had collected a very large number of children's books. Anybody who's been a teacher knows that you kind of have this thing, especially if you teach younger children, and you like to collect a lot of books. And I had many, many, many books, and I knew that nobody in Los Alamos really needed my books. And so... I said, I'm going to figure out a way to get these books to Africa because I'd been on a little trip to Africa about five years ago with a bunch of teachers and we camped around and we saw some schools and it's very poor, obviously. So I um, started researching in June a year ago, how do I get these books to Africa? What do I do? And I found a lot of organizations that said, fine, give us your books, give us your money and we'll take care of it. But that didn't meet my needs because I wanted to have some kind of a personal connection. And so I started asking every organization that I found, is there a way that I could possibly someday, if I had the money, be able to go visit my books in a school in Africa? Well, when I hit on this place called the African Library Project, they said, oh, yes, I got this really nice lady on the phone, and they said, oh, yes, you could, you could work that out. And so... I said, well, this might, this might be for me. And so after we talked a little bit, she said, oh, yes, we assign you to a school, and your job is to make a 1,000-book library for that school, and you can choose what country you want to send it to. And, yes, if you really wanted to go visit it someday, you could go visit it someday. And that's all I wanted to hear. And she said, of course, you realize it's very hard to get around in Africa, and a lot of these libraries are very remote. And so... I said, no, that's all I want to know is that the possibilities out there. And so I got really excited sending my first library to Sierra Leone, and I got back these, this application that they had filled out, and it told a little bit about the school, about how many kids went to the school, and it just made it personal. And so then I started doing more libraries because I started talking about it, and people started bringing books to my house. I went to take care of my parents in Buffalo, New York. They're 92 and still in their own home. And I mentioned at their church that I was doing this. Well, all of a sudden, the church took this on, and books started showing up in my parents' garage. I ended up with another 1,000 books and sent off a library from New York. So now, a year later, um, this past June, uh, I had mailed off 11 Library, so that's 11,000 books to seven different countries in Africa. Well, back in about January, the African Library Project called me and they said, Sharon, you're really getting into this and you're doing a lot of libraries. And we just partnered with the country of Kenya, where they had never worked before. And the organization that we're working with in Kenya to implement our libraries happens to do humanitarian trips. And they've worked in Kenya working with women trying to exit the sex trade. They've also been working with mothers and new babies. But now they're adding a literacy component. And so they're working with us to implement our libraries. And they actually have trips to go visit. And so the first libraries that are getting delivered, you could go visit them. Well, I had three libraries on that boat to Kenya. And I got so excited. I said, sign me up. 
I knew nothing about this trip. I knew nothing about the organization, but I said, you know what? I got to go find out what's going on over there, and I want to see my books. So to try to make my long story short, I took a trip to Africa last June, and I helped deliver the books that I had sent on a boat six months before that. I saw my name in the front, stamped in the front of all my old books from my classroom. And when I saw those kids take those books out of those boxes and I opened them up and said, look, my name is right there. These were mine. I was packing these six months ago. I was just overjoyed. It was the highlight of my life. The people I was with on this trip thought I was a little crazy because I was shrieking all the time because that's the kind of person I am. Anyway, I got so excited. And... Um, in the meantime, the organization that I went with called Project Humanity, and there's two organizations. There's the African Library Project and there's Project Humanity. The African Library Project collects the books, gets books, drives, organized here in the United States, and then they pass it off to an organization called Project Humanity, and they get the books from once they hit Africa to wherever they're going. But Project Humanity that sponsored the trip asked me if I would work with them. So I am now on their staff. This is a totally volunteer job, and the requirement is I have to go back to Kenya at least once a year. I'm not disappointed in the fact that it's a volunteer job because I'm very happy doing it. And I'm going at the end of October, and I will be checking up on the libraries to make sure that the schools that said they were going to make libraries Set, them, set up the libraries and have been working on training a librarian and that the kids are allowed to read the books. So I'm going to show you this little video that's made by the African Library Project and then we'll just talk a little bit more. That is if I can make it work. I'm not very good at this stuff. Um, first of all, I have to click on the right thing. Oh, great. Now it says there's something damaged. Well, there isn't. It's perfectly fine. You're not skipping anything. It worked five minutes ago before you guys came in here. It worked just fine. It's not scratched. How about I pop it out? I'm really sorry. This is like the, the most horrible thing. I hate this. I hate anything to do with technology, but I know I have to be able to do that if I'm going to talk to people. So now I'm stuck because I don't know where it is to get it out. Well, maybe it's going to come out on its own. There we go. Now it's going to start over again. Oh, great. Okay, maybe we're good now. There we go. Most schools in sub-Saharan Africa operate with only a handful of books. Books are too expensive for a family to own one. Without books, teachers must instruct from memory. That is the ratio that we are supposed to do with the much. Without literacy, there is a tremendous loss of potential in these growing democracies.
Recognizing the need, the African Library Project partners with communities in Africa who desperately want access to books. The African communities provide the space, the staffing, and the furniture for the libraries. By coordinating book drives in the United States, the African Library Project provides the books as well as the needed support so that these African libraries will flourish and help students for generations to come. The House of Books in their own ways. Here in Kanye, Botswana, at the primary school, an ordinary day begins as grades 1 through 7 have an outdoor assembly and march to class. Then hard work for the first and second graders learning to read Setswana. By the third grade, they will begin to read and write in English. dance practice for the traditional dance team as they prepare for a competition. And instruction in the domestic arts at the culture house by the volunteer parents. While an ordinary day in the Malayalea Valley of Lesotho finds the children walking for half an hour to get to school, playing and talking along the way. Then the difficult task of learning geometry for the ninth graders. and choir practice for local competitions. However, something very extraordinary happens every day. In Botswana, each child goes to the library for 30 minutes and selects any book they wish to read. In Lesotho, the high school has a complete library of books in English. Every primary school classroom has a corner library with books delivered by a local villager. These gently used books are donated by families in the United States and shipped to libraries in Africa. The books travel over 6,000 miles from one child's hand to another and become a precious resource in Africa. You are special to your family. Now, the out of the ordinary happens every day. And I kept walking. Look, Granny, I, I can carry a stone. Health is the state of your body and mind and how you get along with others.
when you control your emotions, does it tell you how you control your emotions? Despite the stable democracy in Botswana, the problems of poverty and economic growth, as well as the HIV-AIDS epidemic, have made reading and learning English an urgent need. These children at Cabo Futi Primary already know that libraries and reading books in English will create a hopeful future. Thato Ame is one of them. I am a girl of 13 years old. I am doing standard 7 in Kaputi Primary School. In the library, I like to read some book of science and social studies. Science means the everything around us and I like it I like science because it talks about about our physical futures. Fato's father, proudly dressed in his best clothes, is chairperson of the PTA and regrets not reading and learning English when he was Fato's age. I am one person who encourages my children to read because I am an example of what happened to most of us. My parents were not literate, so they didn't encourage us to read, and they didn't care about reading. I don't even have a job now. When I was young, I didn't care about school. I didn't care about reading. I didn't know what it would mean for me that I couldn't read. I am an example of what it means to not be able to read English, so I really don't want my children to fall into the same pit. Mountainous Lesotho, half of the population lives on less than a dollar a day. Lashonono lives with his grandparents and tends their sheep. The school fees are often prohibitive and are part of the reason that Lashonono, at 18 years old, is still in the seventh grade. I'm looking after the sheep yes, to um, take them from the field. Or sometimes, like now, I'm taking them to the river. Small rivers. Maybe I want to be a teacher. Mantua, a ninth grader lives at the high school in a dorm cottage with three other girls. Because she is the most brilliant girl in her class, she won a scholarship. It pays her school fees as well as her dorm room fees. I'm good at it. <laughs> the library is a quiet sanctuary where she can read books in English from the African Library Project and help the teacher librarian. 
Sometimes, she walks the two hours to her home on the weekend. She helps her mother with cooking and hauling water. <laughs> Then, like any teenager, she calls her mother to help her find her school uniform. Mother and grandmother are very proud of Mantua. I would like to be a nurse. Why? I would like to help sick people. When I grow up, I want to be a doctor so that I can do surgeries and help people even build up health centers. I like to be a pilot. I would like to be a president. I want to be a policewoman. I want to do law when I grow up. I like to be a teacher. I want to be a social worker to help people with their problems. 20 years from now, these children will be the leaders in their countries. Access to books, libraries, and literacy in English will help them reach their full potential. Join us in a book drive and make dreams come true.
go away and you don't have to look at my messy desktop, right? Yes, okay. Okay, so the video was done a couple years ago. Um, most of what you saw there in Lesotho and Botswana, those libraries are very well established. The African Library Project started in those two countries about 10 years ago, and so they've actually pretty much covered the country of Botswana because there's only 2 million people in Botswana, and almost every school already has a library from the African Library Project. These libraries look a lot more, uh, a lot nicer than the ones that I'm working with in Kenya right now, but it's because they've been there and they have added to them and helped them get better. Same thing in Lesotho, that's the place that the whole thing started. And the woman you saw her name up there, Chris Bradshaw, was a teacher 10 years ago in, in Berkeley and she's the one who started the whole African Library Project. Well, last May, she actually came to Los Alamos and visited Aspen School, because that's who I was working with to make most of these libraries. And we had a wonderful, wonderful assembly um, with all the kids. We had them all, and we made African things with them, and she presented about the project. But she was just really thanking us for the work that we had done this past year. So um, that's what kind of inspired me to keep on going. And then after I went this summer and saw what I saw, so where I am working out of in Kenya, because they've just barely touched the surface, they only sent their first 30 libraries. And the time when I went last this past June um, is the very first time they've started in Kenya. The schools are extremely poor. We're in a county that is called Homa Bay County. It's in Lake Victoria, at some islands in Lake Victoria. It's got the highest incidence of AIDS in the whole continent of Africa. They say 27% of the people have AIDS. We worked with so many children who are orphans that are raising their brothers and sisters, and that's why many of them aren't in school. Um, so these libraries don't look like the libraries you saw in here. The libraries are a room in a very, very poor school. Most of them are made out of corrugated iron walls. They have no electricity. They have no running water. And... In order to receive a library, their school must request that on an application form, and they must say that they will support the library and they will have a space for a library. And that is very broad because some of these schools, they have 70, 80 kids in a class. They don't have room to put a special library in. So the African Library Project says, okay, well, all you have to do is have some shelves in the classrooms. And so that's what many of these do. They just have people from the community build some wooden things on the wall that are bookshelves, and then they're going to switch out the books during the year. And that's what I'm helping do. I'm helping them set these up. Anyway, a few of them have a space allocated for it, but the intention is to stay in the area and keep working and training people and helping them learn how to use the library. And the one thing that just really amazed me when I went there is the people are so proud of the fact that they're getting these libraries for their schools. And one of the first things they say is, don't worry, we're going to keep the books locked up. 
Well, that's like the number one thing we don't want them to do. We, and it's hard to convince them because to them, this is so precious that they're getting these books. These children have nothing, absolutely nothing in their classrooms. There is a, usually they use chalkboard paint and whatever is at the front of the room that the kids are in, they paint it with chalkboard paint and the teacher writes on that with chalk. Many of the kids have no paper. They don't have pencils. They just sit there and they listen. And what really hit me hard was when these people from the African Library Project explained to me, they said, you know, these children have no opportunity to learn anything that their teacher doesn't know. So if the child is wondering about the moon or is wondering about weather or is wondering about a certain animal and they have a question and they ask the teacher and the teacher doesn't know, many of them, they have a little bit of education, but it's so small amount, um, then they have nowhere to go to find the answer. They don't have the internet. They don't have an encyclopedia. They don't even have a book. So the child's curiosity is squelched and that's the end of it. So very few kids advance past the end of primary school in this area. It's called Rusinga Island, Kenya, and there's actually two or three little islands there. And we actually delivered a library on a boat. We put all the boxes on a boat and went an hour across Lake Victoria to this tiny island called Takawiri Island. The kids came streaming down off the top of this little island to meet us at the boats. They went charging into the water, grabbing these boxes. These are heavy boxes, 40, 50 pounds of books, and plop them on their heads and carry them up back to their school, singing away to a room that they have allotted to be their library. It was just the most touching thing ever. So um, I am doing this project in all of the Los Alamos schools this year, right now. The books will ship out in the beginning of December, so we're doing book drives at every one of the seven public schools in Los Alamos, and so there's supposed to be something in the Monitor and the Daily Post any day now um, about it so that people know that they can donate books, and we're looking for children's books, pre-K books like those baby board books, they love those. And they go up to about an eighth grade reading level. We don't go above that because most of the kids would not be able to read those. The parents, most of them are completely illiterate. So most of these libraries are opening to their community and letting the parents come in like one night a week or something. And they said most of the kids will be reading to the parents. They do speak English at all of the country, all the countries that we work in with the African Library Project because otherwise... It would be ridiculous to send them books in English. But that's what they use for instruction in the schools because Kenya is was a British protectorate, so that's their language. Um, and as by about second, the end of second grade, they start doing everything in English. So the opportunities that this is opening up for children is just incredible. And in my heart, I just feel like I'm making a difference, and that's why I'm doing this, and that's why I'm excited about it, and that's why um, 
I'm trying to just tell people about it and share about it. So all the schools, as I said, in Los Alamos have agreed to make a library. And by making a library, that means they have all been assigned to a school. And it's really cool because I visited all those schools and I picked the schools that match up with the schools in our town. So they all know the name of the school. They all have pictures of the school because I took them when I was there in June because part of my job as a volunteer with the organization was to go and visit the schools and make sure that they would be able to accept the library and deal with the um, requirements, which are pretty basic. Uh, you, you have to have some shelves and you have to have a person that they will help train. And um, so I'll be going there at the end of October. I will be going back to check on the schools that already got libraries, make sure they're making progress. And then just two weeks ago, I was really, really honored because the African Library Project invited me to go to Botswana because every other year they have a giant summit in one of the countries where they work, and they have people from all the different countries, librarians and people that run the programs, and we're all meeting in Botswana for a week-long summit to help improve the program and meet with teachers and do little things that we teach them new stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm super excited I get to go to that. So I'll be in Kenya, and then I'm also going to stop off in Zambia and check out the program that they're doing with women exiting the sex trade, and then I'll go on to Botswana. So really, I'm just here to tell you that this opportunity is out there. The schools, besides collecting a 1,000 books, each one has agreed that they will raise $500 because that's what it costs to get the books from Los Alamos to New Orleans and then onto a boat that goes into the Bay of into Mombasa. After that, Project Humanity takes over and has to truck the books across the country. And so there's an additional cost over there. But right now, I'm working with the schools. We're trying to get $500 each. And that's their job. And I want the kids to feel that it's their project. This is not me. It's not the teachers. It's the kids. Because when we get these kids excited that they can make a difference in the world, to me, that's really important because it branches out. And they're seeing that they can make a difference. And then the other part of this is next summer, I am leading a trip back to this area so we can deliver these books. And I already have six people from Los Alamos signed up to go on that trip. And the really cool part is one of the people signed up is one of my former kindergarten students from Barranca School and her mom. And I just think that's so cool. And I've got two more lined up and my brother. And so it's just it's just blossoming into this really cool thing, and I hope that it will continue because this town has a lot of books. There are a lot of people in this town that understand the value of literacy and how important it is to have books and to read and what a difference it can make. And education is everything. So if anyone has any questions, I am more than happy to answer them. And if anyone wants to join the trip, you can join the trip. <laughs> yes, sir. That's a good question. Um, well, kids in Kenya are supposed to be in school. I mean, that's the bottom line. 
They're supposed to be in school. In most of the cities, the kids do attend school. These rural, rural, rural areas, I mean, once I hit Nairobi at the airport, you get on an old beater van, and you have to travel for 10 hours across the country to get to where I was. And these rural areas, they are not infiltrated as much by the government. Um, Many, uh, although I must say that when we were riding around and going to one of the schools, there was a kid walking alongside the road, and one of the people in the van with us said, we got to stop and ask that kid why he's not in school. And he was carrying a big thing on his head. And he just said, "Um, my mom is sick, and my brothers and sisters are little, and they're at home, and somebody has to take care of them. And so the person that was with us just said, well, okay, but you make, your, make sure you get yourself back to school. They also have school fees, and they have to have a uniform. They have to wear shoes. And if they don't have those things, they can't go to school. Um, the government of Kenya provides what they say is curriculum for all their schools. Now, we saw what that looked like, and I've got some pictures that are just, I mean... When they say curriculum, they mean one book for every 10 kids, and they are so old and so falling apart, you would think that they were from your grandma's attic. I mean, they're just so old. And they're trying to make education standardized like the United States, which I'm not sure is the greatest idea. Um, but that's what they're trying to go toward. So there's a whole lot of stuff, but you don't really have to deal with a lot of bureaucracy where I was because it's so far out, and that's kind of nice. (laughs) So there is, the government is trying, but Kenya has a huge population, 48 million people, and It's huge, and the little dent that we're making in this corner of Kenya, hopefully it will grow, but it's not like dealing with the country of Botswana where there's a two million people, and they pretty much covered it. It's going to take a while. And they did just have a re-election, or are planning for a re-election in Kenya. They're doing their election over again. This is a really big deal because the trip we're going on at the end of October, they were worried we couldn't go because of the violence surrounding elections in Kenya. But they scheduled their re-election for October 17th, and hopefully everything's going to be done by the time we go at the end of October. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, if you have kids in the schools, you should get something about it. Each of the schools is dealing with this a little bit different. I've been for the last two weeks. I've been in the schools nonstop. I've been talking in classrooms. I've been um, talking with teachers. I've been trying to feed myself into the schools to help in any way that I can. Um, I've been bringing them books because people keep leaving books at my house, and I already have 4,000 books packed up ready to go, and I just can't deal with any more books at my house. So um, you should hear something. And I am, what my plan is, and I already talked to the Post and the Monitor, is I would really like to each week feature one of the schools and have pictures in the newspaper. This is the progress they're making. This is how they're doing. Here's how you can donate money. Um, 
And you can donate to the organization online. That is possible, but it's a little hard to make it go to the school that you want it to go to. So I actually have an account set up at the school's credit union where I put any money that gets donated through me, but it's not like, you know, official. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I'm not a, whatever that number is for tax and all that. <laughs> I, I just got into this and it's blossomed like out of control for me. And so all these things are like coming around. I really should set up some kind of a way to do that, but I haven't done it yet. But all the money does go to the organization if you donate or give it to one of the kids. And as I said, each school is doing it different. I think Pinion has the sixth grade is running it. At Aspen, the K-Kids are running it. And at one school, the whole school is just doing it. And anyway, the middle school, I haven't been there. The K-Kids, the Builders Club is supposed to do it, but there's only three kids in Builders Club, so I'm turning the screws on some of my old students who are now at the middle school to help me. I would love to come to your classes. I will talk to you right afterwards because it's on my list. <laughs> Anybody else? Okay, I'll hang around if anyone wants to ask me anything else. <laughs> Thank you. That was really fun. <laughs>